We live in uncertain times. These are times when there's a great deal of fear, and these are times when you still have to grow your business. Today, I have a special session for you. It's a session I did for my inner circle business development community, and I did it when the pandemic first started, but it's even more relevant today than it was nine months ago. Today, we're talking about how to manage fear and growth during uncertain times. Please join me for this special session and send me your questions or concerns about fear and growth during these uncertain times. You can always reach out to me at askdave at dlorenzo.com. That's A-S-K-D-A-V-E at D-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O.com. For now, here's managing fear and growth during uncertain times. My name is Dave Lorenzo, and today we are talking about managing fear and growth in uncertain times. Today's session is in response to the events that have consumed everyone, actually consumed everyone globally, but have really come to the fore here in the United States during the last, I want to say, week to 10 days. We are experiencing something that is unprecedented. Right now, all of us are in a situation that no one has seen in our lifetimes. My goal today for you is to come away with some strategies that you can use to, number one, cope with this yourself. Number two, continue to manage your business. Number three, grow your business during this time of uncertainty. I'm going to share with you today some of the things that I'm currently doing in my business. Those of you who know me well know that I practice what I preach, so you will recognize some of the things today that I'm encouraging you to do with your clients as things that I'm currently doing with all of you. And you will also hear some things that may make you feel better. That's my goal today is to kind of help you understand what we're all going through and help you feel a little bit better about this, knowing that you're not going through this alone. We're all in this together. And then I'm also going to share some things with you that may make you a little uneasy or uncomfortable. And I want you to realize that we're all feeling uneasy or uncomfortable about the things that are happening, and we're all going to find a way to get through this together. So the purpose of this is to help you, it's to make you feel a little bit better, and it's to give you some strategy and some specific things, some specific tactics you can take away today from our talk in order to help you and help your business. All right. So our agenda today, first and foremost, is to cover how you feel and why that's important, to help you understand what you're going through right now. You know, you're a business leader. A lot of you, uh, in fact, all of you are, have it, you, you all have families. You're all probably heads of your household, everyone who's with us today. And I want you to understand why you're feeling some of the things that you're feeling. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. I'm going to share some strategy for you today that you can put into place right now to help you with your current situation, with your business, with your practice, that will also help you manage your own mental health. I want to also give you some scripts, some actual verbiage that you can use. You can adopt it to your own language, or you can use the scripts that I give you verbatim to communicate with your clients. And when the time is right, and we're going to discuss timing, to offer your services to people, even during this difficult time of crisis. We're also going to talk about how to approach prospective clients, people who haven't done business with you before during the crisis. I'm going to give you some ideas for strategic planning because any plan you had, any plan that you developed, any plan that you were using to this point is garbage. Throw it out the window because times have changed. Finally, and this is probably the most important part, how to take care of yourself and how to maintain your sanity 
during the times that we're experiencing today. So be sure and stay with me all the way to the end. If you have a call or you have a meeting that you have to go to, I will be sending out a video of this. Be sure and, and connect with me on the ending part so that you can keep things together because this is probably a time like no other that you've experienced before. All right, so logistics. There's a chat box. There's a chat feature in Zoom. Find that now. Make sure you have access to that. You're going to... Click on that and submit your questions to me. If you see me looking to the side, I have a third screen. I have a, I have a couple of screens going here. My third screen over there has the chat box. So I'm not being rude. I'm not looking off at somebody in the distance. I'm simply looking at the chat box to see if there are any questions. Uh, the presentation today will go between 35 and 45 minutes, depending upon how long it takes me to cover the information. It's a new topic for me, so I don't have the timing exactly yet. Then I'll answer as many questions as you have. I'll answer questions for as long as you want. I'm also available for a private follow-up. If you want to follow up with me and you don't want to ask your question in a public forum, my email is there on the screen right now. All of you have it because this is a client-based uh, event. This is not an event that's open to the public. Also, those of you who are members of the community, you can head to the community. I'll post the video replay of this in our community, DaveLorenzo.community. My phone number is up there as well. If you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm with you in this. We're all in this together. And I want to help you through this because this is, this is a time when we need each other more than ever. And before I get into the topic for our talk today, I want to take a moment from myself personally to thank each and every one of you. This is an unprecedented time, and I sincerely appreciate all of you being a part of my community. I sincerely appreciate you investing in me and investing in my services. And I want you to know that it's because of you and your faith in me and your investment in me that I'm able to continue to take care of my family during these difficult times. And I appreciate you, always appreciate you, but now more than ever, I have a deep, deep appreciation for you and for the investment in me that you're making, not only financially, but in your faith in me as well. And I'm here for you throughout the duration of this event. So I want you to know that it is not in any way unnoticed that you are here with me today and my appreciation for you is very, very profound. No, that's redundant, but anyway, you get it, thank you. Okay, let's talk a little bit about uncertainty. The thing that is really a big issue is this lack of control we all have. Now, everyone who's on this call today, everyone who's part of this event today, you're all people who are entrepreneurial. You're all people who either run your own business or you're running your own practice. And the one thing you value most in life is your ability to control things. Right now, you feel and I feel uneasy because we have a lack of control. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow as it relates to this situation. This is the reason why you also see a lot of people buying toilet paper. Now, I've heard people on television, I've seen on social media people criticizing other folks. They're saying, why are they buying toilet paper? Amazingly enough, and this was in an article that I read on Psychology Today just last week, people equate something like the purchase of toilet paper with the seizing of control, with the taking back of control in their own lives. Why? Because toilet paper is something that you can stock in your house and you can look at it, you can see it, you can feel it, you can touch it, you know it's there. You have control over the stuff you use to wipe your bottom and that makes you feel better, believe it or not, about the entire situation. We experience it here in South Florida when it comes to water. The first thing that flies off the shelves when there's a hurricane watch or a hurricane warning issued is bottles of water. Why? In most cases, after a hurricane, the water is just fine, but people want some sense of control. 
Well, that's what we're missing right now. And I'm going to share with you today some ways that you can take back control and feel more comfortable with what's going on. I'm going to share with you some experiences that I've had in managing my team through the events of September 11th, 2001. I'm not gonna share with you my 9-11 story. Many of you have heard it already. I ran a 300-person uh, business, uh, $50 million business in New York uh, on September 11th and during the days after. I started my own business. I started this business in November of 2008, probably the worst financial market in history. And consequently, the week that I started my business, my, my son was born. So I had all kinds of responsibility and all kinds of uncertainty. So I'm sharing with you experience from those two other events that are what would be considered black swan events, crazy events that were unforeseen. This is similar to some of the things that happened then. So I'm going to share with you some of the things that helped people get through those experiences when I worked with them during that time. Our thinking, yours and mine, as a business owner, as a business leader, as an entrepreneur, the traditional thinking is that events have a beginning, they have a middle, and they have an end. Well, this type of event, there's a different type of thinking that you need to apply. There's today, what's going on right now, and there's the future. And for those of us who are really focused on health and keeping family healthy, which is probably all of us, right? The today is dominant right now. The future seems far off and it seems unattainable, but I'm gonna show you some things you can do to bring that into focus. I want you to ask yourself, not only right now during this presentation, but after we finish, how will this event or these events change the way we live and the way we work? You need to continuously ask yourself how these events will change the way we live and the way we work because answering those questions will help you adapt and help you adapt your business to what we're going to experience down the road. The reality for our lives is that we're going to get through this together, collectively as a society and collectively as a community. If you're with me on this video right now, you're a member of my community, and that's the reason you were invited to join us today. This is not a public webinar. This is just for my community members. So we will get through this together. If you have questions, if you have needs, if you have concerns, Lean on me and lean on the community to get through this from a life perspective. From a business perspective, believe it or not, even though it's hard to see right now, there will be opportunity that comes from this crisis. You have a chance to take advantage of that opportunity. I'm here to help you find that opportunity. And I'm going to show you how together we can do this in a way that is not only professional, but appropriate given the nature of what's happening. Now, really important for us to understand why we feel the way we feel today. On the screen, you will see Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't want to get into Abraham Maslow and his contribution to psychology, but the pyramid from bottom to top identifies the most basic needs we experience as human beings. And as the pyramid goes to its apex, you will see that there are some of the more advanced needs that we experience. If you look down at the bottom of the pyramid, you will see that the physical needs that we all have are dominant and they're the widest part of the pyramid. The need for air, water, food, exercise, rest, freedom from disease and disabilities. When you threaten those needs, our focus is immediately drawn to protecting ourselves to make sure we fulfill those needs. Right now, today, our physical abilities, our physical needs, our need for physical safety is threatened. 
And this is one of the reasons why we are as anxious as we are. In addition, our need for security, for safety, for shelter, for stability might be threatened as well because you may feel like your clients are no longer going to work with you or the work will slow down or the economy in general is going to slow down. So your security may be threatened. The social need for belonging, the very fabric of our society right now feels like it's being threatened because we're all being told either work from home or quarantine yourself, stay away from one another, stay six feet or further away from each other. We're being told for our own good to stay away from each other. If this crisis deepens, we may have to change the way we do business. And so many of us define ourselves by what we do that our ego, our self-esteem, our feeling of power and control may, may indeed be threatened. And all those plans and goals we had for ourselves and this year, they may be thrown out the window. So our ability to develop and grow and achieve the goals that we set for ourselves may be threatened. All of these reasons, all of these issues in this very crisis are right now weighing on us, and this is why you feel the way you do. If you start with physical safety and security and work your way up, this is enough to rattle anybody. But the important thing to realize is, number one, you're not alone. Your physical safety and security is probably going to be fine. The financial stability that you need, we're going to talk about that too. There are ways for you to work through that. Your feeling of belonging, we've got a community right here. I'm going to do these with this community frequently so that we all stay in touch and we all stay together. You are the same person you were yesterday, so your self-esteem and your ego, you can reassure yourself, we're gonna help you with that. And then your goals, you can come through this in a way that is even stronger than going into it. I know it seems hard to think about that now, I just want you to know it is possible and we will do it together. So what can you do right now? First, the first thing based on that hierarchy of needs is you've got to make sure that your family is safe, secure, and following a plan. Now, I don't know what your plan is for your family. Uh, our family has a plan and we, you know, we know how much food we have in the house. We know uh, when we're going to uh, leave the house to to do certain things. We've set a schedule. I have little kids who go to who go to elementary school. We've set a schedule aside so that our kids could do homeschooling. Everybody's going to be different, but setting a schedule and following a plan with your family is important because that structure provides comfort. That structure provides those need that need for security that we have. So make sure your family is safe and secure and following a plan. This is critically important during the hours that you're planning on working. So if you have an elderly parent or someone that you're concerned about uh, during these times that you think may be at, high, at a higher area of risk, make sure you know that they're not gonna leave the house, they're not gonna wander off during the time when you're working. Make sure you have a plan for keeping them in the right place. Make sure you have a plan for checking on them and following up with them. So your family is the first most important thing. Make sure they're safe and secure. Make sure you're following a plan. The second thing is communication. You need to communicate with your clients, with evangelists, those are the people who refer you business, with your employees, and potentially with creditors. I'm gonna cover how you can communicate with them and the way you should communicate with them. Opportunity, there will be business opportunities from this. So what you need to do is you need to structure your business in a way to take advantage of those opportunities. You need to focus on projects that you can do within your business during the time that you have to yourself. And you need to organize your business in a way so that there are systems and processes in place that allow you to react quickly to changing conditions. We're gonna talk about all that, we're gonna cover all that. I'm gonna also give you some tips for the fundamentals. You can focus on the fundamentals of your business by putting standard operating procedures in place. That's what SOP stands for, standard operating procedures. Gonna give you some best practices and you can document your own best practices as we go through this so that you're prepared for the future. And you can create policies if necessary for your business to run 
during times of a future crisis. You can use this to create those policies now. We're going to talk and focus on research, how you can get into the minds of your clients, understand what they want and what they need, and identify opportunities to help them with those things. Finally, innovate. You're going to be creative and innovative, and you're going to deliver service that's in alignment with what your clients need and what your clients want. And we're going to cover some of those things in this presentation. Okay, when to begin outreach. So those of you who have employees, when should you reach out to your employees? Well, now and throughout the crisis, you need to treat your employees as if they're extended family. Here's the thing. Your employees feel even more uncertainty than you do because you have the ability to control some of your future. You have the ability to control your business. Your employees don't have the ability to control that. The time is now and throughout the crisis. Frequency of communication builds trust. Remember that. The time is now and throughout the crisis to continue to reach out to the folks who are the lifeblood of your business, your employees, and treat them like extended family. I'm going to give you a script that you can use when you're talking to your employees that will help you reach out with empathy. Your clients, when should you reach out to your clients? Well now, right now, as soon as possible, and frequently throughout the crisis, I'm gonna share that script with you in a moment. Evangelists, when should you reach out to people who refer you business? Now you're, gonna, you're thinking to yourself, Dave, they don't have any business to refer me right now. I get it, but they're human, so we need to continue to connect with them. You should reach out to them after you've gotten in contact with all your employees and with all of your clients. Then you reach out to your evangelists. You connect with them and you let them know that you're there for them. I'm going to share my script for those people with you as well. Creditors. Some of you may need to reach out to creditors and ask for new terms for outstanding lines of credit or loans that you have. I'm going to share with you some ways to reach out to your creditors. I'm going to share a script with you and I'm going to help you prioritize how to reach out to creditors. And also, I want you to know that some creditor programs usually lag behind the crisis because people who get paid are not as quick to react to these crises as other folks. So I have scripts for you to use to reach out to your creditors. I'm going to share them with you. And I'm also going to share a quick story with you. I helped a client just yesterday renegotiate his mortgage, his, the mortgage on his home, believe it or not. He was really concerned about that. We got on the phone together and worked out a deal with a, with a mortgage company that is phenomenal. And I'll share that script with you and I'll share how that worked out for us. All right. So here's your messaging to employees. And again, if you have any questions, please type the questions in the chat box. I keep glancing over at the chat box uh, on my other screen. I'll answer your questions as they come up. So your messaging to employees. Notice what I have there in red. The first sentence in any conversation with anyone, but most importantly with employees and clients, how are you? How is your family? This is so important. Let them talk for as long as they want. Ask questions about the members of their family, if they're sick, if they're worried about them. Be an empathetic ear. You don't have to provide solutions to them. I mean, obviously, if you have a solution for them and, and they have a sick family member, of course, provide the solution. But if you don't have a solution, just listen. Listening is so important during times of crisis. All of us, as I said at the outset, are members of our families. We're leaders in our families. We are leaders in our businesses. We're leaders in our professional practices. We're leaders in our law firms. Sometimes we are making decisions really quickly and we have the weight of the world over our, uh, on our shoulders and we feel like we have nobody to talk to. It's so important when you reach out to your employees that you realize they may be in the same situation. They may have a family that they're making decisions for and they've got nobody to talk to. You called them, you're asking them, how, the, how they are, and how their family is. So then you go on with the script. The most important thing is your health. Here's our plan for this week or this month. Now, after September 11th, my business, we, we laid off 
about half of our workforce, uh, 135, 140 people of the 300 people, after the events of September 11th, we laid off. And this was after we found out that some of the folks that worked in, in our business had passed away. Some of our, our guests who were staying with us had passed away. We then had to go and lay off folks. The most important thing we did after the layoffs was to continue to call and reach out to people to see how they were doing. It was important not only for them, but it was important for us as business leaders to maintain that connection. So if you have employees in your firm, if you have employees in your business and those people aren't working now, don't be embarrassed, don't be shy about reaching out to connect with them and to stay in touch with them. If you have a plan for the next few weeks, tell them what the plan is. If you've got nothing to report, tell them, listen, we're waiting to hear what's going to happen with the quarantine or with the shelter in place. As soon as we know something, we'll inform you. Just the act of staying in touch is important to them and it's important to you. And then I would always close the call with, call me with any issue and I will do my best to help you. It's important that people know that you're there for them, especially employees. Critical that they know that you're there for them. None of us is alone in this. So if you have an employee, whether they're working or working from home or not working, furloughed, laid off, let them know they're not alone. Help them by just being there. So this is your script for employees. Put it in your own words if you'd like. But the most important thing is to listen with empathy, share whatever information you have. If you have no information, just tell them, I've got nothing additional to tell you, but I'm always here for you and I'm, I'm here to help and I will do the best I can to help you. Your messaging to clients and evangelists is similar. Again, we lead with how are you? How is your family? And then with clients and evangelists, how are you running your business? What's happening in your business? I ask people all the time, what are you doing for work during this time? If I know people are working from home, I say, give me the structure of your day. How are you working from home? How is it going? What's the biggest business concern that you have right now? What's on your mind besides the obvious health issues? And the reason I'm doing this is twofold. I want to be empathetic. I want them to vent. I want them to tell me what's going on, but I also want to be able to help them. And I can't figure out how I can help them unless I ask these questions. And I really, really listen. I listen to what they're saying, but I also listen to the emotion behind the words so that I can get at what's really bothering them. During this difficult time, your clients and the evangelists, the people who refer you business, will share with you really intimate things. They're gonna share things with you that they feel like they can't share with anybody else. And the reason they're gonna share them with you is because you're asking. This is when lifelong relationships are forged and it is so powerful and so valuable to be there and to listen to your clients that I can't stress enough how important a phone call is during these difficult times. So when they raise their issues to you, if you have a solution, you can say something like, let's talk about how I may be of assistance. And then if this is a service that you charge for, you can still offer your service. If you can relieve somebody's pain, if that's what you do, you should do it. It would be malpractice if you didn't offer it. The other thing you can say is let's discuss some resources that are available to you. And if you know of resources, you can share the resources with them. It is helpful to you as a professional service provider. It is helpful to you as a business owner to help others, regardless of whether it's in your area of expertise or not reaching out to clients, reaching out to evangelists, and asking them how they're doing using a script like this or a script similar to this is powerful and valuable, not only to them, but also to you. All right, let's talk briefly about creditors 
And I see a question up there. Nile, I appreciate it. I will, uh, I will get to your question. Oh, actually, it's a question about clients. Okay, hang on. Let me take Nile's question real quick. And then we will, uh, and then we will go back to creditors. So Nile asks, what about when clients, after you run through this, say they have budget problems, revenue problems, et cetera, and therefore they need you to alter your legal fee structure? Okay, great question. So, and that leads us, that will lead us right into the creditor conversation. So Neelay, thank you for asking that question. So a client says they have, they have budget problems or they have revenue problems. Here's my approach to this. I, uh, I can't tell you how uh, important it is for you to, again, be empathetic and for you to say, Mr. Smith, I understand you have credit problems, you have budget problems. Tell me what they are. Tell me what you're experiencing now and let them share those problems with you. Now, there are a couple of different ways you can approach this. My approach, because I work with big firms and I also work with individuals, is to say, I understand completely. I want to continue to provide value to you. Tell me what fee structure you would be comfortable with right now. Your clients are going to have something in mind when they say this to you. Now, sometimes big companies will do some corporate belt tightening as a result of events like this because they're, they're protecting their bottom line and they quite frankly could want to lay off fewer employees so they may want to reduce their fees for your services. Your your value, the value that you provide is always going to be the same. So my recommendation is if you want to retain those clients for the long term, you offer to potentially defer a portion of the payment and continue to service those clients. Now, it's important for all of us to realize that we are, we're all in businesses and I'm a small business and I'm dependent upon the, the revenue that you all generate for me. And you are all, a lot of you small businesses, you're professional services firms, and your revenue is dependent upon the revenue that clients provide to you. It is not in any way harmful for you to say, Mr. Client, I understand you're going through a difficult time. Let's come up with a fee arrangement that is fair for you and that fits in with what you have right now. And let's talk about ways to defer the remainder of that fee until after this crisis is over. Each month you will get a, an invoice from me or a statement from me which has the current fee structure uh, and, and the fee that you've paid as well as the fee that is deferred. So for my most valuable clients, which includes all of you, I would always say, listen, I'm here for you. And if you can't pay me anything, then I certainly understand. I'm never going to turn my back. I would, I would take a call, but I'm not going to be able to provide the same level of service that I would normally provide if you can't pay me anything at all. If you can pay me something, I would defer uh, a portion of my fees, whatever we both feel is fair in order to help you get through this, keeping in mind that those fees are going to be owed on the back end. So the bottom line, Nile, to your question is, if the client says, I can't pay you anything, at that point, you have to decide whether you're going to continue to service them or not. And in most cases, if you're working with a big company, you're not gonna be able to continue to service a big company if they can't provide you with any fee whatsoever. If you're working with a smaller company, Perhaps you could defer 10%, 15%, 20% of your fee and put it on the back end, say, tack it on to the second six months of your service this year, that sort of thing. Keep in mind that we don't want to continue to service clients for zero fee whatsoever. The fee structure will always be that they're going to pay down the road when times get better. If people stop paying you, you will not be able to stay in business. So you need to collect some fee from everyone in order to continue to service them. So Neelay, if you have any further questions or if anybody else has any further questions about uh, that, 
then I would encourage you to type them in there. But you know, those of you who are experiencing this where clients are saying, look, I can't pay you at all, I wouldn't say, listen, I got to kick you to the curb. I would say something to the effect of, I understand that you can't pay anything at all. So we will discontinue the service as we've contracted right now. Keep in mind that if you have an emergency and you want to talk to me, I'm not going to turn my back on you. I still value you as a person. So in an emergency, you know, during the next six months, please pick up the phone and call me and we'll resume services afterward. If you can, then defer 10% or 20% of your fees and continue to provide the service, tacking that 10% or 20% on the back. All right. Now, creditors. You may need to reach out to some creditors to expand the line of credit or at some point during this crisis, your, your payments may be a little slow or a little late. You need to talk to your creditors. I have the majority of the folks who are on this call are, are attorneys or work in the legal sphere, although we do have some business owners on here. You all know that ignoring creditors is the fastest way to get in trouble. Answer the phone calls from your creditors. Make phone calls proactively to, to your creditors. And here's the script. I'm calling you today to fill you in on what's happening in my business. We're experiencing a cash flow issue due to the COVID-19 coronavirus situation. I'm not sure how long this will last, but I'm asking for you to take this into consideration. Let's keep the lines of communication open. I will call you every couple of weeks and update you on my situation and where I stand. I had a client call me in a panic yesterday, and there was really no reason for this client to panic. They thought that they were going to fall behind on their mortgage. They thought that they were going to fall behind on their line of credit. I've negotiated a lot of deals with a lot of different types of people over the years, so I offered to help him with this situation. And we called Wells Fargo. His mortgage was with Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo agreed on the call to a three-month forbearance in his mortgage. This person hasn't even hit a hardship yet. They had a couple of clients who had conversations with them. It sounds like Neelay had a couple of clients who were having a similar conversation where the client said, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pay you next month. And so this person panicked and they called me and we called his mortgage and, and Wells Fargo said, we will give you a three month forbearance, zero, uh, zero payment due. Interest will continue to accrue at the same rate, but we will tack the three months onto the back end of your mortgage you don't have to worry about paying your mortgage for three months. And my client was amazed, thrilled. Now look, Wells Fargo is doing this because they need to build goodwill based on what's happened to them in the past, based on their practices, their business practices. But they agreed to do this right at the very outset of our call with them. Your creditors are human, they're experiencing similar things. So reach out to them if you need to and have these discussions in advance. Now, I'm going to reiterate this. It's very difficult for you to catch up right away after these situations end. So it's always better for you to maintain some level of payment to your creditors, to people who you owe, rather than to say, I'm gonna defer the whole thing. So make sure you're, you're focused on current as well as future. If you have some cash flow, paying something to your creditors will be better for them and it will be better for you. If you really need to, you, you can negotiate payments with most of your creditors where they will defer things in the short term. We also reached out to a couple of different banks with lines of credit and they, they were very open and willing to have people fill out applications. There are state programs that are going on right now. So if you need financial assistance, reach out to me. I can help you. I can point you in the right direction. I can also help you with some negotiations with creditors during this difficult time. An important note about creditors. If you work with small businesses, okay, and this is directly to the point I made when I answered the question to Neele, try and do what you can to keep the relationship alive. If you work with a small business, please do everyone a favor and prioritize your payments so that the small business continues to get paid. Even if you have to negotiate with them, do what you can to continue to pay them something because small businesses 
are particularly vulnerable, just like you, those of you who are running small practices, who are running a law firm that's a sole practitioner, you know how important it is to keep some money coming in. So prioritize small businesses when it comes to creditors. The second thing is, remember that the people you're talking to on the phone, when you're dealing with creditors, they're human, okay? You're talking to a person who may have sick people at home. You're talking to a person who is coming into work even though they may not feel well. They might be working from home, but they may be sick themselves. This person is just doing their job. So try and keep your cool with them. Pretend that person is your mother, your brother, or your sister. Be professional. You're a professional and represent yourself well when dealing with these people. You may be talking to someone who's reading from a script that seems insensitive. The script was written for three weeks ago and they're not being empathetic. That's not about them. That's about their management being less than proactive. It's about the script that they're reading. They're a human being. So just keep that in mind when you're dealing with creditors. Also keep that in mind when people are calling you. All right, let's talk about prospect communication. You'll see there's a curve here that is um, poorly drawn, but it's a representation of where we are in the current situation, in the current crisis. So that plateau on the left, you'll see the zero there two weeks ago. That's stage zero. That's where we were two weeks ago. You could call your prospects and communicate with them about anything. You could call current, uh, current prospects and communicate with them about anything. Now you're reaching out to prospects. You should only be able to, you should only reach out to prospects this week and probably a good portion of next week if you can solve a current problem. So you met with somebody a couple of weeks ago and they had a problem and the current situation exacerbates the problem. You can reach out now because you have a solution to the problem that's currently facing them. They'll, they'll welcome your call. But if you're reaching out to them now to sell them on something that is irrelevant to the current situation, that outreach isn't going to be welcome at this time. So here's an example. Let's say you sold video communication software. Two weeks ago, you reached out to somebody, they weren't interested. Now, you know they need this. They're in my business. They talk to a lot of people all day long. They do a lot of education sessions. Someone reaching out to me today with some video communication software, I would welcome that because it helps me solve a problem in my current situation. So right now, reach out to people who are new to you if you have a solution to a current problem. Oops. Okay. When the situation normalizes, and there's nothing normal about what we're in now, but when we get to a point where we've been working the way we're currently working for two weeks or so, I would consider that the normalization of this situation. You have the opportunity to educate people on what you can do to help them, and you can offer them specific solutions. So once people have taken care of their needs, their basic needs on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, once they've taken care of their physiological needs, their physical needs, once they've taken care of the needs for keeping their family safe, like they've realized that if they keep their family inside and together, they're less likely to contract this virus and everything will be okay as long as they can stay together and inside, the situation has normalized you can start to reach out with educational material, educating them on how you can help them during this difficult time, and you can even offer specific solutions. So what's the time frame for that? I would say sometime next week, probably toward the end of next week, people will be used to the current situation, and from that point forward, you can reach out with specific solutions. The third opportunity is what I call the doldrums, okay? We're going to be in this state of affairs, what we're doing right now, we're going to be in this period for some time. I can't tell you if it's two weeks, I can't tell you if it's three weeks, I can't tell you if it's going to be eight weeks or throughout the summer. Once the situation has normalized and people are used to working this way, personal contact, reaching out, continuing to be empathetic is not only appropriate, but it's going to be necessary. Business will have to be conducted and you have solutions for people that they will find valuable. So during this time period, I encourage you to reach out to people, educate them using webinars, educate them using video conferences, 
call them on the phone and ask them what they're going through and see how you can help them. These are prospects as well as clients and evangelists. Always, always, always leading with empathy. The fourth time to reach out to people is during the period of hope. We will experience at some point, I guarantee we will experience at some point, hopefulness. And that hopefulness may be when there's a treatment announced or when there is some sort of positive news to be communicated. In fact, I heard on the news just yesterday that China had zero new infections throughout all of China yesterday. Take that for what it's worth, communication being what it is from China. I'm using it as a point of hope for myself. When we see something positive and that is pervasive throughout the media and people are experiencing some hope, you can continue with your educational contact, you can continue with your empathy, and you also wanna stress that we're all in this together and we're going to get through this together. The period of hope is a great opportunity for you to lay the groundwork for future relationships. And then the fifth time to reach out to prospects is when there's a resolution and when we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel or an end to what we are experiencing. And at that time, you're going to be helpful in selecting the best options for people to work with you to solve the problems that they currently face. So just like the events of 2008, 2009, 2010, led a lot of people in the real estate industry to work with foreclosures or foreclosure defense or acquisitions of properties at a discount, there will be opportunities along those lines and even in different lines of business for you to be helpful to people. And that's the fifth step of the process. So recognizing where we are in prospect communication, recognizing where we are in the crisis in general will help inform your communication strategy. So currently, solve a current problem. If immediate, reach out right now. If you can help them right now, reach out right now. At normalization, when we get into a normalization period in the next couple of weeks, start educating people. Now, reaching out to people, the US mail is still working. Using letters is a phenomenal way to reach out to people and educate them. Email is also a good way, although email delivery is not fantastic. Webinars and live stream events are excellent opportunities, and I can help you get those set up. During the doldrums, calling people in person and making personal contact and being empathetic is powerful and it is valuable. So reaching out to people and calling them is a great way to stay connected and to also help people get through the crisis. So after the first couple of weeks, then we'll be in this doldrum period where we're in our homes for a long period of time and you may have a solution that's valuable. That's the time when you can reach out and introduce it in an empathetic way. When there's a hopeful period, follow steps one and two, educate people, get them together online in groups, if there's an opportunity and we're able to get together in person, of course, get together in person, although that may be not in the near future. In a period of hope, we may be able to do that. And then finally, when there is a resolution in sight, help people select best options for them. Okay, strategic planning. What do your clients want and what do they need? I need you to ask your clients specifically what they want and what they need in a way that's empathetic. I need you to anticipate those needs and I need you to figure out how you're going to adjust in order to provide them with what they want and what they need. I need you also to keep in mind that the next three months will be very different compared to months four, five, and six. Remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We started this conversation with that. People are worried about survival right now. In the next four to six months, they're going to be worried about their business and survive, their business surviving, moving their business forward. So what your clients need now in the next three months will be very different from what your clients need in the next four to six months. And I need you to anticipate those needs as well as poll your clients, ask your clients what those needs are. 
at six months, you're going to probably start to see what the future looks like. So let's say we are in month six of this crisis. We will probably begin to see what the next 18 months to two years will look like. That's a fair period of time for you to reset your business plan. Right now, you need a short-term plan for the next three months based on filling the needs of your clients. You need a plan for months four through six. And then when we get to that six-month mark, you'll be able to see a little bit into the future as to what the future will look like. And you'll have an idea, hopefully, as you're adjusting your business, as you're evolving your business, to look down the road to see what's going to happen in the future. There will be one or two of you who are on this presentation right now who may be in a business that's dramatically different from your business today. I tell the story of my client, Russ Jacobs, when I met him in 2007 and worked with him in 2008 and 9. His business was all foreclosure negotiation so that he renegotiated the terms of residential mortgages. He did that for three years. His business today is completely different. He's got a diversified real estate practice where he does everything from litigation to commercial uh, and residential transaction work. His business is different today than it was back then. Your business right now may be different from where your business is going to be 18 months from now. The strategic planning process will help you get through that. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you think through this time period. As I said, the value today that you're delivering may be different than the value you deliver one year from today. The value that you deliver to your clients today, quite frankly, may be different than the value you delivered yesterday. And we need to think through this process. Two points about your strategic plan for 2021, a year from now. You should be thinking about how will business and life change as a result of this situation? And what can we do, you and I, to get ahead of that change or to shape that change in some way? The next three months are going to be about helping people get through their day-to-day, but then months four through six will begin to take shape. Months four through six will begin to help us take shape of not only the next 18 months, but 2021 and beyond. Now, probably the most important part of our presentation today, your mental health and what can you do right now to help yourself? First, there's fear. All of us are afraid, every every one of us. We don't know what's coming tomorrow. Owning those feelings when you look in the mirror is important. You're not a superhero. You have to appear to be a superhero to your family. You have to be a superhero to the business that you run, to the people who are involved in your business. But at the end of the day, before you lay your head on the pillow at night, you are focused on just making sure that you yourself are okay. You gotta own these feelings. It's okay to be afraid. After September 11th, uh, every day when I got on the subway to go to work, I was scared to death. These days, today, I wake up in the morning and I'm concerned, not about my own personal health, but about the health of my family and my kids. I have a, I have a kid who has asthma um, and I'm concerned about that. Owning those feelings is important because that allows me to address them. And addressing them you know, means maybe talking to someone, addressing them means getting facts and relying on facts rather than conjecture. But admitting to yourself, you don't have to admit it to anyone else if you don't want to, but admitting to yourself you're afraid is the first step toward conquering that fear and pushing through it. The second thing I want you to think about related to your own mental health is possibility versus probability. What's possible and what's probable are two different things. In all likelihood, and I know you've heard this on the media and I feel like I'm being part of a cliche and restating it, but in all likelihood, the people that get this disease, a good portion of them 
will survive it. In all likelihood, 80% of the people who get this disease will survive it without having to go to a hospital. So the probability of this having a you know, fatal impact on you or a loved one is low in the grand scheme of things. There's a possibility, but the probability is low. You need to be able to function on a day-to-day basis. So you need to focus on the 98% survivability of this situation. You need to be able to focus on the 80% opportunity for you, even if you contract the disease, to get through it with minor health implications. If something happens and you're in the 20%, or God forbid someone in your family is in the 2%, you will deal with it at that point. But for today, focus on the probability rather than the possibility. This is how we address fear and we rationalize so that we can get through our day-to-day. This is how you have to look at it. I understand that those of you who are attorneys are out there and you're trained to be devil's advocate, you're trained to uh, prepare for worst case. And in a business perspective, I want you to do that. But I need you to be able to address the situation and focus on the opportunity that you have in front of you and get through the day-to-day understanding that the probability of having uh, an adverse impact is very low. The news, all right? I want to say stop watching the news. You need to be informed as to what's going on because there are implications for our community. So keep your activity when it comes to watching the news. Keep that to a minimum. Um, Get only the essential news. I'm limiting my news viewing at this point to just an hour a day. I'm trying to keep it from consuming me. Overexposure to news is going to be harmful. And the reason is because the news keeps viewers by presenting the worst case. That's their business model. That's what they feel they have to do. Good news doesn't sell. Bad news sells. In the news business, if it bleeds, it leads is their motto. So keep your your consumption of news to a minimum because overexposure will be harmful. Communicate as frequently as possible with someone who you trust. If you feel overwhelmed, if you feel anxious, if you feel a sense of dread or depression, reach out to a mental health professional. If you need to find one, I will help you. But mental health professionals are conducting teleclinics now. They're conducting video sessions. They're valuable and they're important. If you can't speak to a mental health professional or you don't think your situation is severe and you just want someone to talk to, speak to someone one-on-one. You're a member of my community. Call me. You can speak to me all the time, anytime, one-on-one. You can speak to me in an unfiltered way. I will listen and empathize with you. If I have a solution, I'll give it to you. Otherwise, I will just be a good ear. Your friends will be a good ear to you, for you. There are some things, excuse me, There are some things you're going to feel like you can't even discuss with your spouse. That's the opportunity for you to connect with me, connect with a friend, connect with a mental health professional. Continue to communicate. It will make you feel better. Groups are important. Those of you who are on this call are part of my community. We're going to be doing more gatherings like this. In fact, we're going to do one next week where I just have you share some of the things you're experiencing in your business and we go around the table. I'll be conducting these in small video group sessions. You will find these incredibly helpful. If for some reason you found this link and you're not part of my community and you want to join, just reach out to me. I will allow you to join the community. Um, the fee for joining the community is very small for those of you who are, part, who are a part of it. Those of you who are a part of my one-on-one coaching, I will connect you with other people who are part of my one-on-one coaching groups and we can share together in that way. But groups are critical. Make sure you stay connected.
exercise is really important. Now, if you have a backyard and you can walk around your backyard or do something in your backyard, particularly if you're in a place where there's good weather, get out and do it. If you can go to open space, if you're allowed to go to a park or something in your area, go to the park, spend an hour walking in the park. It is incredibly valuable for you to be able to get out and move around. If nothing else, get out, walk up and down your street by yourself uh, so that you don't come in contact with other people. Get out of the house once a day, walk around for an hour, keep moving. This will help you feel like you are in control of something. Even when things are out of control, your own personal health is something that you can take some control over by exercising. Take time for yourself. Do something that relaxes you. Our rule of thumb in this house is we have, I have little kids, as you know, and my wife and I are here together. We have an hour a day, which, we call, which we're calling personal time. And that during that hour, we read, or that's when I meditate, or we listen to music through headphones, and nobody bothers us for that hour. That is your personal time. You need that for yourself. So find some space where you can go by yourself, listen to music, read, or meditate. And if you can do this for more than an hour, it will be, you'll be thrilled because it will help you relax because those are the things you did during regular time, during normal time to relax. It's incredibly important that you make this time to do it. Start with 20 minutes. If you can do it for an hour, that's great. If you can do it for longer than an hour, it will be helpful to you. Journaling is also valuable. Just open up a Word document and write what you're feeling, write what happened today, keep a diary. If you don't want to do that, you're thinking to yourself, I'm not a journal person, just write a list of things you accomplished today. Write a list of things you did that made you feel like you were a good person. This webinar, this meeting today is going on my list. I'm going to feel very good about sharing this information with you. And it will be helpful for me to see that tonight before I finish my day, before I go to bed. And that's my tip number nine for you is daily gratitude. The most important thing you can do to stay sane is to make a list of two or three things at minimum that you're grateful for at the end of every day. These times are pretty crappy. We're going to be going through some pretty rough times. But if you make a list of things that you're grateful for at the end of the day and you review them, and then you review them first thing in the morning when you wake up, it helps you to reframe everything. So making that list, that gratitude list, is particularly important and valuable. Finally, the 10th point is hope. And that is, there's always hope. I want you to, before you fall asleep at night, this is what I do before I fall asleep at night. No matter how bad things are, I did this during 9-11, I did this during the financial crisis of 2009 and 10. It's what I counsel my kids to do when they're, when they're feeling badly and they have to go to bed. I want you to project yourself into the future, reflect on a future, where things will be exactly as you envision them to be. Use the power of your imagination and project yourself into an environment where you are comfortable and you're happy and things are good. All of us will get through this and we're gonna get through this together by reflecting or projecting the future that you want before you go to sleep, you help your subconscious mind relax and you help put yourself in the state of mind that will enable you to rest comfortably. If you go to sleep focused on all of the worries or problems of the day, that's what your subconscious will focus on while you're sleeping. You need to create a future for yourself in your mind when this is over 
and you need to project yourself into that future and you need to do it right before you go to bed and that's what you need to think about when you go to sleep. Now, where did I get this from? I didn't invent this. This is from something I read that Nelson Mandela did when he was in prison. He said that only his body was imprisoned and his mind was in a future where everyone in South Africa was able to be free and was able to congregate in public together. We will all get through this. You and I together will get through this. We will do more sessions like this. We will do more interactive sessions, but it is incredibly valuable for us to be together and to focus on the future and what we can do in the future. So those are my thoughts. So thank you all very much. Good to speak with you and we'll speak again soon. Please, everyone stay healthy and stay in touch.